You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but ooh, we're live. That's the sound of going live. Yeah. Um, it's seltzer. It's not beer, people. <laughs> not that I don't. Not that I don't drink beer. Just I definitely don't drink beer Monday through Fridays. Um, <clears throat> so not that I want to dwell on it too much, but it is worth saying, uh, just because it popped up and it was. It's a very honest part of i think being a martial artist and also this is something we talked about in the last episode a little bit Mm -hmm. about conor mcgregor specifically after fights and how he behaves uh if you haven't checked out his instagram uh, he posted a very large recap of his take as he broke down the fight from his perspective and i'm assuming he watched tape he he rewatched the fight and he broke down what he perceived the how the fight to be uh and mikey was kind of touching on this about how He's honorable and respectful in victory or defeat, um, and how he usually does have something to say when he loses, and in this he did. It's a very long post. It's a round-by-round round breakdown. Yep. Excuse me. Mikey, what'd you think of it? Because you, like, just read it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's typical Connor. You know, he, he admitted, you know, where his faults were, and, you know, it, I mean, it was just all the truth, And but that's what I've always liked about him is... He he recognizes what his mistakes were. And as he said, you know, whether they're actually going to do a rematch in the future or if he's, you know, whether he's going to get the rematch or fight someone else next in line, regardless, he's just going to learn from, you know, this loss and just move forward, you know, and that's all he can do at this point. I think it was really cool how he would have a comment after what he said happened. So... In round two, he said uh, he got blessed with the right hand that changed the course of the, f- the round in the fight. And he goes, it was a nice shot. Yeah. He was like, it was a smart move that led to a dominant round. No issue. That was well played. Um, he moved on to, again, say, I was too defensive minded. Uh, I, I I didn't think about, res- I didn't give him any respect. If I, quote, if I stayed switched on and gave gave his stand up even a little more respect, that right hand never gets close, and we're talking completely different now. I gave his upright fighting no respect and preparation, no specific stand up sparring whatsoever, attacking grapplers, wrestlers only. That won't happen again. I also gave my attacking grappling no respect, too defensive minded. Lessons. Um, end quote. He said, uh, "I think what was really good was uh, round four. My recovery was not where it could have been. That is my fault. You know." And he sums it up very well. It was a great fight, and it was my pleasure. I'll be back with my confidence high, fully prepared. If it is not the rematch right away, no problem. I'll face the next in line. Like, that's, I think, a really cool thing to say. And I think it's a really good breakdown of of him back to vintage Connor. Yes. Not the Connor that we all thought of, of being, you know, the the primary guy who's... Oh, I'm here just to sell whiskey. It, that's the yeah. That's the martial artist Conor McGregor that you were talking to last episode. Yes, right. You would yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Because I know we were kind of debating as far as like where, or at least I, you know, I kind of made a point where it's like, well, where is what direction is Conor really going in? Because in the beginning, I had this respect for him, but then it was like, you know, that last pay per view. I I think I even said I I just felt weird. <clears throat> you know, as much as I yeah. I wanted to watch it. Um, there was just something about the promotion and the way, just the drama, every, everything, everything about it was just very off. And he just didn't seem like, and, and granted, you know, Connor is, you know, he's Connor McGregor. He's always going to be the guy taunting the other guy. But I just feel like even that was just off. It was weird. It just, the whole whiskey situation and, but yeah, you know, and then I read a post like that, and it's like, wow, no, he, like he's the the old Connor still in there. Yeah. You know, I just um, which uh, for the record, I did say in the last episode where it is still like the, his coaches have been saying, you guys don't know the real Connor. Yeah. Connor's still Connor. He just drives a much night. Like I think the best quote ever was, Connor was always this Connor that you see. Just yeah. nobody gave him attention when he drove up in a shitty Geo blasting. Yes hip-hop music through broken speakers he just now does it with a like luxury bmw <laughs> yeah with custom suits it's still the, it's not just a show he's always been this kind of swagger brash you know young guy yeah. so yeah, just sure you guys can all think that but we know the real connor and it's it's connor i think the funny thing too with coach kavanaugh was he did a 
I think it was a like a Twitter ask me anything, or it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. But long story short, he was inquired about Connor. Like, what's next for Connor? What's what's Connor going to be doing? Who's Connor's next opponent? Who, who's Connor? Tra-? And Coach Kavanaugh just goes, "Hey, man, I have a lot of fighters at SBG." And he was actually just in Connecticut for Mohican Sun, like right within two days. I think the next day after the Conor McGregor fight, he was on the flight out oh, wow. within 48 hours to for one of his fighters at Bellator. And he was saying, I've got fighters in my, across my entire stable I'm taking care of that I'm flying all over for in different competitions and different promotions. Conor's not my only guy. He's one of my like primary guys, mm-hmm. and I'm ready for him when he is. But Conor's going to do what Conor's going to do. And when he's ready for a fight, he'll come to me and say, I'm ready for a camp. This is the opponent. This is the date. And then we'll talk and go from there. But until then, Connor's his own person and he'll do whatever he wants to do in the meantime. He wants maybe he wants to take time off. His uh, girlfriend's pregnant again, uh, D. Devlin. So maybe he wants to spend time for that and then get back into it. I don't know. But Connor will come to me when he's ready. Yeah. So, bottom line. So, moving on from that. This is something that uh, Mikey and I primarily wanted to always talk about on this podcast as well, even though we've been wrapped up by a lot of the drama from the MMA world. Today, we're going to go pretty in-depth, and I'm looking forward to what you have to say, because I know you have a lot of experience with this. Mm -hmm. A recent article came out regarding Jet Li, and if you guys listening don't know who Jet Li is, you... I have no words for you, but uh, an article came out from for Jet Li regarding about how he turned down a role in the Matrix as a uh, Seraph, Seraph being the guy who protects the Oracle, and mm-hmm. how they have to do a quote unquote handshake protocol by fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. And he turned that that he turned that role down, and that role went to uh, Colin Chow. So the main part of the article is basically his quote saying. The Americans wanted me to film for three months, but be with the crew for nine months. And for six months, they wanted to record and copy all my moves into a digital library. By the end of the the recording, the right to these moves would go to them. So according to Jet Li, digitizing his moves would essentially give others free reign to replicate his sequences in the future, even when he could no longer perform them himself. Uh, He was quoted, I was thinking I've been training martial arts my entire life, and we martial artists could only grow older. Yet they could own my moves as an intellectual property forever. So I said I couldn't do that. So he denied possibly one of the biggest blockbuster movies of all time. And on top of that, not only does that speak to his to his soul and core of being a martial artist first and foremost, but it's also cool because he's actually going to be in the live action remake of Mulan. Mulan, yeah. Which is also really neat because they, they're saying that he's not really going to have a giant speaking or singing part because the director has said that the remake's not going to really be about the uh, the musical elements. It's going to be about the, the martial arts action and war scenes of the original. So I'm expecting a possibly dark Mulan remake. But it's I think it's really cool that he came out and just said, I, I've put too much time and effort and my life into martial arts for somebody else to own anything. Even if it's just my sidekick. Yeah. I, I don't want somebody copying how i do my sidekick and then claiming it as their property to use with other things but i wanted to get your opinion on this because i know you watch a lot of martial arts films and yeah. movies and you're a big fan of of both jet lee and who we're going to talk about later with jackie chan but i wanted to get your thoughts on that those quotes in that article okay so i mean as far as and i mean maybe i'm just completely oblivious to it but like when i look at jet lee and i look at his performance on screen i mean it's it's amazing the guy's famous for a reason but is it necessarily techniques that he came up with in particular Mm, what do you mean well because that that's his whole point right so like he he claims to have a certain style um i guess his movements are unique to his own when it comes to his uh, style of fighting compared to someone else's so if they were this if, if the americans were going to record his his every movement whatever he was going to do in these fighting scenes or whatever people can then replicate that so it's like oh well i like the way jet lee does this kick or i like the way he's like he's very fluid when he does this movement or that movement right um that's just a jet lee thing so we're now going to cgi someone else's 
face onto that body movement or like CGI a body over his recordings or something. And then we're just going to keep recycling stuff to use it in future movies. Cause that was his whole thing too. It's like, he, he's like, well, I worked so hard to, de- to develop my style. I don't want something like that to happen. And I can't do anything about it because these companies own now my essentially Kata's that they filmed. You right. Know? Um, I just think that's kind of, that's that I mean that's that's very strange to me because then I think of Jackie Chan who I mean obviously he's very big in the Hong Kong film industry but he's also done Ameri- plenty of American films and none of these companies have asked Jackie Chan to you know have him stand in front of a camera do some katas and now they're using Jackie Chan's style in with other actors or actresses, you know what I mean? I I just right. think it's it's just a very I don't know. It's very weird. Not to mention Jet Li has done plenty of American films. True, but it, it, in this case specifically, and I don't know because I don't know how or why they they were talking about this, but I think it made sense because what they wanted with Seraph, Seraph became a video game character in a bunch of video games that the Matrix were the a lot of studios were releasing at that time. Okay. I mean, I understand what you mean. Like, are they referring to his style of Rushu? Is that all it is? But the thing Just... is, he's not the only one that does that style. I guess that was the point I'm trying to make. So, and that's where I, I was, I made the comment earlier. I guess I'm complete. I'm just oblivious to it, but I don't see anything unique that he's doing or has done in, you know, especially in his older films that I haven't seen someone else who's done Rushu. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see where, like, Jackie Chan is famous for certain things as well. You know, he's very, um, uh, uh, explosive, very fast, very quick, you know, and he incorporates like slapstick comedy into his martial arts. Like, that's just physical comedy. Yeah, right. And that's just Jackie Chan's thing. Has anyone replicated that? No. <clears throat> well, that's that's uh, that's also a very signature film style from a directing standpoint with his action scenes and the way he uses the environment a lot of the times. But he does he does wushu. He does Wing Chun. I I'm a, I mean, don't get me wrong. Both Jet Li and Jackie Chan are such a high level of martial oh, yeah, artists. Absolutely, they've probably dabbled in everything, and whether it's judo or taekwondo or kyokushin or hapkido or. I don't know. Uh, Sila, you can say whatever. They, they've, yeah, they're beyond anything I can comprehend of what martial arts are, martial artists are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you think if they, so what if they went to that role with Jackie Chan? Do you think Jackie Chan would have done the same thing? Let's see. This was back in early two thousands. At that point, he might have. Or in the sense that, do you think he, I'm not? And that's not to question his devotion to his martial arts as a martial artist. But it's more a matter of, do you think this point of the style of because perfect example, they both do kung fu, right? They both do uh, wushu. I'm I'm assuming Jet Li has some Wing Chun, but do you think they have some level of of mutual understanding to say I don't want to. I don't want to sell how I fight. So here's the difference also. Or how I, I do my action scenes. Right. This is, I probably should have mentioned this too in the beginning. Um, Jackie Chan is an entertainer. Okay. He, don't well, get me wrong, the guy was taught in a temple. You know, like. Well, what do you mean by, by so, entertainer? Because technically Jet Li's an entertainer. He's in the film industry. Well, here's, here's where I was getting at. Okay. Jackie Chan, when he started film, you know, doing his films back in the 60s, 70s. The guy had his own stun company. Like to this day, I think he, it, they just celebrated like their 40th anniversary right. of the Jackie Chan stunt team. You know, they so he knew coming out of this temple or whatever as a fully trained martial artist. You know what? Instead of like teaching, opening up my own school, I want to get into the film industry. That was his whole thing. But even now, it's like the guy if he's not acting or producing or writing directing whatever he's singing he's a singer right and he even said in an interview if i could if i had the chance to come back and relive another life i would come back as a singer i would never do martial arts 
Yeah. That's a dramatic change. Yeah. That's a dramatic change. Oh yeah, difference. the guy has albums. He's like <sighs> he's like he's a huge hit in China. Yeah. Um True. so that's where I was getting at as far as like he's all about entertainment, you know. Not to say he's not a true martial artist, but entertainment comes first, you know, and he's there to deliver some sort of performance for the audience. Jet Li, same situation though, you know, grew up, you know, very strict guidelines, you know, started training very young, um, wushu champion. I mean, he performed for, uh, I think it was President Reagan at the time. And he tried to recruit him, right? At like the age of 12, 11 or 12. Yeah, to be a personal bodyguard. Yeah. That's just insane. I remember that. Um, So it's not, I mean, they both have their, you know, accolades, but. It's with Jet Li, even to this day, he's turned down more than just the Matrix. He's turned down a bunch of blockbuster hits, you know, and and not even just here in America, but overseas as well, just because, you know, and to this day, I mean, he's not really that involved with martial arts unless it's behind the scenes choreography for other films he's directing and you know stuff like that he's still involved just not so much as an actor um you know it's it's not like he's out there doing demonstrations and going to like martial arts conventions and like doing a demo there or whatever um if anything i i feel like he's more into the tai chi stuff which he has been for you know decades but i feel like this is a thing he's really getting into now just more of a meditative type of art well lee's um, a buddhist isn't he yes lee's a, lee's yeah. a full-on buddhist i mean I, i'm i'm reading here about how uh how like he's been quoted to say i never say to myself i'm the best fighter in the world if someone learns martial arts solely to pick fights on the street to lean on it as a keystone weapon in conflicts to use it to bully and intimidate others then that person in my opinion cannot be considered a true martial artist yeah According to Lee, everything he has ever wanted to tell the world can be found in three of his films. The message of Hero is that the suffering of one person can never be as significant as the suffering of a nation. Unleashed shows that violence is never a solution. Yep. And Fearless tells that the biggest enemy of a person is himself. Yeah. Lee thinks that the greatest weapon is a smile and the largest power is love. Um, about Wushu, he said that he believes the essence of martial arts is not power or speed, but inner harmony. He considers it a sad development that today's Wushu champions championships place greater emphasis on form than on the essence of being a martial artist. He believes Wushu now lacks individuality and competitors move like machines. Whereas according to his views, Wushu should not be considered a race where the fastest athlete wins. He liked to see Wushu as a form of art where artists have a distinctive style. Lee blames the new competition rules that, according to him, place limitations on martial artists. He also believes that Wushu is not primarily for self-defense, and instead of trying to play the hero, people should think about peaceful resolutions of conflicts and call the police if necessary. Yeah, so now, you know, we come full circle. So, like, when you asked me if Jackie Chan was offered that role, you know, back when Matrix Reloaded and... Is it Revelations? Revolution? Uh, Revelations, I think. Okay. I think it was Revelations, yeah. <clears throat> he absolutely would have taken it. Especially then. He you know, he was obviously younger. Jet Li, on the other hand, I'm not sure. But he was also doing movies like Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave and, you know, a lot of other American movies back in the early 2000s during that time. So, I... I, I but that that this is where I'm coming from, though. I feel like Jet Li has a more uh, traditional, like, just Chinese mentality, I guess, especially when it comes down to martial arts. Whereas, not not to say Jackie Chan doesn't, but again, he's in the entertainment business. He's an entertainer. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's what I got as far as him using that as an excuse for that particular film, especially with other films he's done both overseas and here in America since then. Um, I just think it was weird, but I know you also brought up the point that they, they were going to use that character in video games to come. And so who knows, you know, right? Because I was going to say, I, I distinctly remember Sarah from video games. And the Matrix games, because like the Matrix games are so cool, you could do the slow time stuff yeah. and everything yeah. like that. And Seraph was a primary character in the video games, because the video games. The, here's the one cool thing that the Matrix has. The Matrix did is that they linked all of their products to the story. 
nothing was greater than the story. So the video games pieced and linked yes. movies two and three. Yeah. Or one and yeah, two. Yeah, it was stuff you didn't see in the movies. It was like all uh, back, not backstories, but stuff that was going on during these films that you didn't get to see. So like when it was actually cool because then when you saw the movie, there were little things that you go, oh. It made sense all of a sudden. Holy shit. Yeah. I did I, I did the mission in the video game to set that up. Yeah. Holy shit. That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean by about how Lee's seems to be more traditional just with his, his statements and his views on stuff like martial arts and mm-hmm. everything. But also... You can tell just by the amount of movies. Jackie Chan has done like 141 movies. I think Chet Lee's done like half of that. Sounds about right. Um, and I think I I read somewhere he actually took as payment like one yen for some film he did. Um, I don't even remember what film it was. They were like, yeah, you know, this guy is so used to making 20 million. And uh, I believe there was this one film where he only took like literally one yen. Seriously? I... I Swear, I, I read that in an article. Um, because even with the money, it doesn't even... I don't know, to him, it's just like, eh, I mean, I don't mind turning down these roles because whatever. Even the, this Mulan movie, he actually turned it down at first. Why? The only reason why he agreed to it was because his daughters asked him, like, Dad, why did you turn down this movie? You know, this is the one opportunity you have to especially not even just you but the movie is about chinese culture right so why wouldn't you want to be involved with that and it was because of his daughters he decided you know what i'll do the film he was gonna turn that one down that's so weird yeah like that he has that have you heard of his uh taiji zen taiji zen uh no this is actually you actually mentioned it but i found it uh taiji zen is a lifestyle company founded by jet lee and jack ma with the mission of spreading health and happiness for all through a balance of physical wellness and mental fitness. Okay. Uh, meditation. Uh, where is it? He says, we need to become more in touch with our bodies and minds mm-hmm. and stop unconsciously drifting more and more out of balance. So it's basically... Oh, Tai Chi. I'm sorry. This is... I, I was reading it like in like English. It's basically Tai Chi. Uh, tai Chi Zen. Yeah. That's what it is. Tai Chi Zen. Fast and slow, hard and soft, dark and light, motion and stillness, all must exist in balance. So it's just very weird watching movies like, you know, Once Upon a Time in China or Fists of Legend and, you know, even some of the American stuff or some of the more recent stuff like the, you know, when you watch The Expendables or whatever. And it's you realize, you know, how much different of a person he is in the real world compared to. I mean, that's an actor's job, though, you know, to portray someone you're, you know, uh someone else but yeah it's just everything he's ever done for film and it's just amazing like who he is as a person today and the his foundation and his views and opinions on life and it's just really interesting it's it's extremely interesting because he does a lot of like hollywood action movies like romeo must die the one the one yeah Kiss of the dragon yeah oh yeah black mask you know, he was yeah. in Lethal Weapon. Like, he was in... That oh. was his very first American movie, might I add. Lethal Weapon? That was before Romeo Must Die. It was. I'm not mistaken. 1998. Yes. Yep. That's, to me, that's just crazy that... And he was the bad guy in that movie. Exactly. That he was... It's like, hey, we have a role. You're going to be a bad guy. It's like this big American blockbuster. And he goes, okay. And then fast forward, what? 20 years and then they go so we want you to be in the live action remake of disney's mulan he goes yeah. no it's like but you're a good guy nope yeah. um, you're the emperor like <laughs> we'll, we'll get it's any role you want no it's about martial arts no yeah we'll give you disney dollars no <laughs> like it's just straight up just no yeah okay fine uh thank you for your time fast forward two weeks he calls back so my daughters are really upset that i'm not in it I'll, pretty much i'll say yeah. yes like that's but then it's it's like so what was your reason for no oh it's not worth my time i'm curious I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what movie it was that he only accepted one yen um <sighs> i can use the power of the interwebs if you want yeah yeah please because i swear i i, I read that correctly 
Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, everything. <laughs> immediately, Donnie Yen just gets pulled up. Everywhere. Donnie Yen, yeah. Uh, let's, see. let's try this. Let's do Jet Li paid one yen. Let's see here. Uh, Donnie Yen gets no pay for Jet Li's project. I have that. I don't see anything. Maybe it was a rumor. Okay. Maybe it was a rumor, or maybe Probably. I'm just that bad at looking up looking up things. Hmm. The uh, what was the movie? I'm trying to think of the movie where he, not the Sorcerer and the White Snake, not Expendables. What is it? What is it? It was actually a much older movie. Was it Hero? No, it wasn't Hero. Oh, I think it was Fearless. I okay. Think it was Fearless. Yeah, Fearless. Fearless was really cool. Yeah. That was a real that was a movie where it made me see So I was never into martial arts movies like you were because I didn't have you have family d- embedded with, with martial arts, mm-hmm. right? I I never did. So I my understanding of martial arts was just action films. The Matrix, uh The One, Romeo Must Die, those kind of movies, Jackie yeah. Chan movies, you know? It wasn't until I saw Fearless, and that was from Chet. I was living with Chet, I believe, at, in college, and Chet told me, he said, you need to watch Fearless. And I said, why? And he said, because it's a fucking awesome martial arts movie. Yeah. And I just went, okay, fine, whatever, I'll watch it. And for the longest time, martial arts to me, and I think this, I can speak for the majority of people who are not into martial arts, it's just a way to fight. Mm. It's, ooh, it's a fighting style, and this is how you fight. They look at it like boxing. It's not meditative. Yeah. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a honor code. It's not built into culture. It's just I'm full of anger and rage, and I just honed my body to become a weapon to use it. Fearless was the movie to change my perception of martial arts. Where I started as a culture, I saw it in a level of of honor. I saw it in a level of respect, and I saw it primarily as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. which you always hear of and you think of it like whatever but when you i saw fearless i remember thinking oh shit this is what they've always meant yeah. this yeah. is what they meant by martial arts this is what yeah, they meant by a martial art because you always hear that cliche like a martial artist never fights and all this other shit and then i go bullshit like jelly kicks ass in all of his movies jackie chan looks you know fights everybody in every movie <laughs> like you know it's but that movie and that fearless i remember thinking holy shit um i think that's the movie i'm thinking of where he watches his his dad, his dad or his sensei lose on purpose. Spoiler alert! I'm trying to remember if that was the one where they're fighting in the middle of the town square, mm-hmm. and he stops right before the the final knockout blow, mm-hmm. and he lets himself get hit, and he's asking like, "Why did you do that? You you had the shot. You were right there. Why did you pull up on?" It? He goes, "Because the the wind's not important. Yeah, the wind's not important, and he needed it more than I did." And that was it. And that was also a wild thing because you think martial artists, you think of Bloodsport and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Like, you think of these guys who are out to kick ass and just, you know, um, kill people. Like, here, here's the thing about martial arts movies. Fucking uh, Bruce Lee was killing motherfuckers. <laughs> like, Jet Li <laughs> yeah. just kicks them or Jackie Chan throws a table at them and they go like, oh, and they're rolling around. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee fucked people up. Bruce Lee was just like crunching bones and in, in yeah. ripping necks and just yeah. So like, yeah. That was those were his movies. <laughs> he was a brutal motherfucker. So when I saw Kill Bill, I was out. People were, were saying, "Oh, it's a Tarantino martial arts movie." I was okay. Kill Bill two and three specifically. Yeah. So I'm watching it. I'm just like, I don't see. This is a fucking violent ass martial arts movie. Yeah. But then I saw a Bruce Lee movie. I saw a few Bruce Lee's movies, and I was going, oh, okay, no, Bruce Lee's a savage motherfucker. He was, I remember watching it as an adult, like Mm -hmm. over 18, and being, and and cringing, being, ooh, like, that was really unnecessary. Yeah, (laughs) and And what's interesting, too, is they actually have to slow down some of his films just so they can clearly see what he was doing with all his movements. (laughs) That is the truth. Yep. I, I That's lo- how quick he was. I, I will say this. I wanted I wanted to before we move on to Jackie Chan and his shit, I wanna talk about uh I wanna talk about the coolest thing about Bruce Lee. 
And that is how he's a univ- uh, he's a universal conduit for something that I can't explain. And I don't know if anybody else can explain, but he's the universal conduits that when you see one of his movies, there's a certain aspect to him as a person, to him as a martial artist that you can't help but be shocked at, but interested by. I don't yeah. think a lot of people have ever watched a Bruce Lee movie and, and then th- after the movie's over thought, I don't care who about who that person was. Yeah, no. You know, and it's weird because I remember I wasn't that big into martial arts and I watched a Bruce Lee movie and I wanted to find out about Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And I'm researching his workouts. I'm researching his history. I'm watching interviews. Yep. I don't. I was not planning. It's like, oh, I got to get a Jeet Kune Do. It wasn't even that level of interest. It was just, holy fuck, who is that? Why is that? What did I just see? Almost like it's he's not even human. You know, he's just like some demigod that he doesn't even realize. And yeah, it, it, that, you know, it, even him dying at such a young age, which there's theories of, you know, how that came about. But it's like, man, just everything happens for a reason. You know, it's almost like he was just built and put on this planet to just spread Jeet Kune Do and, you know, that style and like it's 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 crazy what he the the things he was capable of doing and the science and i actually have his books and uh i mean just the illustrations you go through everything i mean he was so in depth with everything um but yeah i mean it, it's almost like to this day no other human can even come close to replicating what he's done it's 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 just amazing. And again, it's like, then you die. I think he died at 32. Um, you know, it's the mysteries, man. Is it 32? I, th- I believe he died at 32 years old. Yeah. He wasn't old. Yeah. True. True. It's, yeah. I remember a crazy video I saw where he never touched weights. So all he did was like two finger push-ups and mm-hmm. like, Two finger push-ups with his thumb and pull-ups on trees yep. and running and sprints up hills and planks and sit-ups and just basic stuff. Basic stuff. I remember yeah. just thinking, how the hell is he that ripped? Something that something's wrong. He can't be that in shape. Yeah. And then I saw a video and I was thinking, Jesus, this dude is insane. It's there's also a weird thing because most most in my opinion, most martial art movies and fights, there's a back and forth where the bad guy loses or the good guy loses a little bit in the fight and yeah, then come back. Yeah. You know, Jackie Chan's full of that. Oh, yeah. Full if anything, that. he's like 70% just the victim. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. anything, he loses a lot. Yeah. And then he gets it. He always gets it out in the That's end. That's his thing. Yep. Bruce Lee, I think, in my opinion, from the movies I've seen, <laughs> he just whoops everybody's ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think like maybe the Chuck Norris fight was really good. That was, but even then, it was just an ass whooping. It was just yeah. Bruce Lee kicking ass, and it was. I remember thinking it was funny because the tension, the tension and suspense in a f- in in fight scenes, because it goes back and forth, it builds. So the mm-hmm. tension is never immediate. The tension always builds. With Bruce Lee fights, the tension was immediately at the front. Mm-hmm. Usually because. Not always, but especially with the important fights, it was quiet. Yeah. You wouldn't have music, so you just hear the feet walking on the yeah. on the stone, the stones crunching. You'd hear like the close snap and like you know the kias and stuff and stuff. And I remember the suspense from that. You felt like you were in a fight. Yeah, you you would feel like oh shit. Don't get me wrong, Bruce Lee kicked everybody's ass, but there was that moment because it's the same suspense in a real fight where you don't. There's no music playing when you're fighting. It's just. You're trying to judge each other, you know, you're trying to gauge and figure out your distance and then you start going. It was it was just such a unique thing. There were there also wasn't always crazy shots. No. You know, where they kept changing angles. It was usually just a couple sequences, one shot, a couple sequences, the next shot, a couple sequences, another shot. It wasn't just the punch, change, kick, change, block, 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 counter, change. It wasn't within the fight, which was cool. Which yeah. I know you believe a lot about uh Jackie Chan style of of cinematography for mm. fights is uh is super unique because he captures all of it. Yeah. He just captures the whole Absolutely. The whole scene. Yep. 
just longer shots. He doesn't, you know, pan away. Or what I really love to is uh, to show the intensity of a, of a hit. He does it in like three different shots, right? So you see, you know, there's the first shot. He's going for a punch. Then they, the next shot is the impact of that punch. The third shot is the person reacting to it. Fall, you know, flying back or falling, whatever. Um, whereas an American film, I, I, I talked all about this in one of our podcasts. It's like they go for the punch, but then the next shot, it's not even like the beginning of the impact. It's almost like midway through to like the end of the impact, you know? So you don't even, you don't even really see the person getting hit, but the way they cut it down it's so quick, your eye doesn't even catch it. Yeah. But there's a huge difference. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to say, I remember this also involved Chet. Chet, I hope you're listening. I remember I was so excited when Chet started telling me martial arts movies to watch because I never really got into them. And I remember asking him, is there a movie? It would be so cool if Chet Lee and Jackie Chan did a movie together. They did. And they did. Uh, the Kingdom? Forbidden Kingdom. Forbidden Kingdom, In 2008. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember him saying because it was I think two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and he he said it. He goes, "The Forbidden Kingdom." I said, "No, they did it." He goes, "Oh yes, they did." Oh yeah. Oh yes, they did. And I was, I was so giddy. I was just, oh, how was it? He goes, "It's what do you th- what the fuck do you think? Like it's incredible." Like, <laughs> Jelly and Jackie Chan. Do you think it's gonna be a bad martial arts yeah. movie? Did like, you actually watch it? Yeah, of course yeah. I watched it. You kidding me? Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. It's you know why? It's because Chet's the only person well not anymore, but at the time, he was the only person I knew that actively took martial arts, but not only just took it in the sense of, oh, I did karate as a kid or I did whatever as a kid. He took it, but he is a martial artist. So mm-hmm. he is uh, I live with the fucking dude. I, I despite the fact that he sleeps in his jeans and that bothers me, he has like he just he just there is something different about him and it's because he lives his life as a martial artist and i'm you can tell when you're around him so i remember asking him a lot about it because i was just curious i don't know a martial artist and to find somebody who's an pretty much an actual martial martial artist i thought it was a joke first of all for the first year i knew him he was always going home on the weekends to do martial arts and i was like okay whatever man you can say you're going home for whatever reason you don't have to keep lying about how tough you are doing martial that's that, that's the immediate image and impression of him he's not that at all but that was how it was interpreted saying oh i'm going to go do martial arts because my view of martial arts like i said at the time was you're just honing yourself to be a brutalized yeah, weapon to fuck and, people yeah. up i'm going to go fight people cuz it's fun so when he would say oh guys i'm going to Oh, no, I won't be here to... I can't drink on Saturday. I'm going to go home Friday night for martial arts. When he would say <laughs> stuff like that, I would just think, Oh, okay, dude, cool. <laughs> like, that's legit how I took it. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started living with him, sophomore year of college, where I went, Oh, no, he actually... I think he knows things. Because I would see him, <laughs> I would see him just do something simple, like a punch or a kick. He never really showcases it. Yeah. Just, for, at, just at will. Uh, but he would do stuff in the room or stuff like that or do a joke kick. And I'm like, wow, he's really flexible. Just, <laughs> <laughs> wow, he, he kicked really high. Wow. Almost like he's dancing. And I remember still ragging on him, but then thinking, oh, yeah, Jet's a martial artist. Cool. He does the martial arts thing. And that's yeah. when I started asking him about it. And it was a little bit, little, little bits of asking about it. Listen, mm-hmm. little bits, little bits. It wasn't until junior year where I went deep with him where I remember asking him a lot about it. And it was because I walked in once and he was just pounding his hand on the on the brick wall yeah, while yeah. he was playing video games. He wasn't even mad. He was just like punching it like with very good form. I remember yeah. thinking, oh shit, you okay, man? He's like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. He's just, he's just punching it. So I go, why are you punching the wall? He goes, oh, just, I don't know. The wall's here. It feels like it seems like a good thing to punch. So he's just punching it. <laughs> I remember going, so does it hurt? He goes, oh, no, I've been doing martial arts so long, man. It, I don't really feel much in my... A lot of those nerves are crushed, so yeah. it's fine. And I was like, okay, bud, I don't... <laughs> and I remember thinking, how is he hiding the pain? And, but he was just dead-faced playing, like, I'm clicking around on the computer, just poof, poof, yeah. poof, just not even, like, flinching. So I thought, okay, maybe he does do, like... Maybe he really does do the hardcore shit. So I started asking him just what what's martial arts and what do you do and 
And what do you do when you keep... You said you keep going home on the weekends. Are you just like fighting people? And he was like, <laughs> no, I have class. I have katas. He told me what katas were. He showed me a form. And yep. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And that's when I started to ask him a lot more about movies and what should I watch and what's a cool scene. I remember he showed me uh, Ong Bak. Oh, yeah. Um, that Tony is, ja. to this day, the most visceral fight scene I think I've seen where he sees his dead elephant. Oh, yeah. And he just proceeds to... It was... <laughs> I remember Chet saying, oh, hey, so this scene is absolutely brutal. It's so intense, but it's so amazing. You should watch it. And I remember watching it, and I got worried, like, maybe a third way through it, and I was like, Chet, is he actually doing this to people? <laughs> I remember being like, Chet, they, they can't fake that. They, yeah. His arm went the other way. They can't fake that. <laughs> <laughs> and his response was hilarious i think he said something along the lines of i'm pretty sure in thailand the either the, I, I think they're all criminals and they have the choice to either go to jail or be a stunt double in a tony joff <laughs> and just they just have to do this fight scene i think this might might be a, a way to get out to not have to go to jail i remember i was thinking dude he's he's like legit hitting him right there in the leg and bending he's like oh i know I know. I was like, I think the screams are real. He goes, I want to be surprised. <laughs> That's great. It was a brutal scene. And I remember they, they kept coming and I just kept thinking, oh my God, what is this? What am I watching? <laughs> yeah. I remember, because I remember Chet tried to preface it with being like, so in Thailand, they care about their elephants. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay. He was like, no, like a lot. They're, it's a cultural and familial thing. Yes. So it's yeah. a part of their family culture yep. to have an elephant. And because elephants live a long time, <clears throat> they last generations. Like they last a long time through families. So they're very important. I go, okay. And then he goes, they they disrespected his Tony Jaws elephant. <laughs> I went, okay, how? And he just goes, oh, you'll see. And then he just played it. And yeah, that was, oh, oh, that was, it's like, it's for, like those, for those who haven't seen the scene, you could just Google the scene and YouTube it, <laughs> but I, I think it's worth it for the buildup to just watch the movie. Yeah. Um. Wow. Anyways, you were saying, sorry. Oh, it's just like the John Wick movies when it's like, oh, they killed his puppy. It's like, mmm, mmm. <laughs> Did not mean to. Yeah. So. We're so sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on Tony Jaa? Tony Jaa, I'm gonna be. I I saw two of his movies. I saw the first Ong Bak because I think there's three three of them. Yeah, yeah. I only saw I only saw the first one, and I saw this other movie he did um, shortly after. Uh, the name's not coming to me right now. Um, there was uh, some of the same actors were in this movie um and i don't remember if it was the ong bak movie or the movie i'm talking about now there was the capoeira fight fighter from uh brazil brazil yeah Ooh, i know who you're talking about the guy with the dreads yeah yeah he's very good um that was actually a really really cool fight scene uh between them but yeah what what do i think of him you know he, they advertised him as the Thai version of Jackie Chan, he does his own stunts, you know, he's also quick, explosive, whatever. He has none of the same uh, film style. No, of, and not at all. the same attitude of film. Yeah. He's only Jet Li, in my opinion. Yeah. He's um, dark, he's I mean, I, I respect that, you know, he did his own stunts and... Well, so does Jet Li, doesn't um, he, or no? No. Really? No. Really? I mean, if you... The thing is, is Jet Li also does a lot of wire work especially in the movies that take place back in like you know ancient oh, chinese yeah, civilization like and style of, yeah, yeah yeah so you know when he's sitting there flying in the air i mean yeah that he's that's him doing it but he's also on wires so what do you think about that style i know i know as a film i think it's a great um genre of film because it's just interesting it's just it's, it's part of Chinese culture, you know, that's what they, that's like us watching a Civil War 
reenactment, right? Like to that, like it's it's like Americans with Civil War or the Revolutionary War, like going back to that time period with to to the Chinese. But that's what I'm trying to get at. So like, there's that (laughs) cultural difference though, where to them there was this elegance, you know, so fluid, almost like light as air. You know, on their feet, right. and so, so, uh, so yeah. yeah, you see them sometimes just like jump, <laughs> stomping off with one foot. All of a sudden, they're jumping up thirty feet in the air. It's like no, it's because they mastered that. You yeah, know? And yeah. They're just so fluid; they could just fly about and, and run on rose. Their emotion, yeah, yeah, run on yeah. water on the rose petals, and yeah, yeah. Um, that's just their culture. Of, you know, of showing like the level of expertise. Yeah, it's almost like yeah, yeah it's almost like when. Uh, it's almost like seeing anybody who's perfected a craft. Yes, it's just showing level of level of expertise and perfection with a craft. Yeah, I get it. Yep, and that's just the Chinese way of showing that in that uh, film art style. Yeah, I, I think when you see it like that, it makes more sense. I mean, I remember watching Lord of the Rings and thinking Legolas was the coolest motherfucker. Oh yeah. And I and when, when I read the books and I found out that he's been alive for so long, there's a reason why he's so good. At everything he does. Oh, they're like a thousand years old or whatever. Yeah. Or hundreds. They're, they, they don't die. Yeah. I mean, they could be killed, but they don't die from age. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. He's been practicing archery for 10,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> and short sword fighting for 10,000 years. Yeah. So he's going to be pretty accurate and pretty good with being able to just not look and throw or shoot four arrows at once. And yep. yep. It's like, oh, that explains why he's so fucking good. That's really cool. That makes a lot more sense. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, man. Those were cool movies, too. Those were really cool action movies too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, I used to not like the that Hong Kong style, the films, the wired style of martial arts because mm-hmm. I thought it was like hokey. Yeah, of just what? Well, why are they running up a tree and then like fighting on like a branch? This isn't fighting. I don't understand this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this isn't. This isn't a fight. Yeah. I don't get it. But I, I think there's a certain level of, like you were saying, perception of understanding. Like once you understand the perception of why they do that, mm-hmm. I think it becomes really cool. And Fearless did that. Yes. Which was uh, like they're balancing back. They're like bending backwards and they're fighting while like they're one. They're on their tippy toes mm-hmm. and they're bending. And it's funny because that was so well done where they didn't make it some crazy like, oh, he's he's like doing push-ups on on falling leaves with his fingers like it wasn't that crazy weird yeah it was more more like there's no way that's possible right like i remember watching it in college and he like gets thrown and he uses his toes to leverage on a pillar and swing himself back in yeah so he uses the throw to allow him to just gain momentum yep yep. i thought that is impossible (laughs) Right, like, but it wasn't just like, oh, he's running on rose petals. That's not possible. It was just me thinking, like, it, I, I just went with the flow of the fight. Yeah, it was just so well done. I just thought, oh, ooh, he's, ooh, you know, you just, you just go along with the flow of the fighters, yeah. and and you assume that, oh, he's he's better because of that. It's not just, oh, he did that, and then he did a backflip and landed like a spider on the wall, and then like leapt outward, and then swan dove back into the battle. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So it's not the same thing there's something beeping i don't know what that is i don't know if that's okay it's okay it stopped (laughs) um i mean don't get me wrong i mean some of those films they do have ridiculous moments like i could tell you there's quite a few like really old jackie chan films um probably master with cracked fingers or drunken master one of them but there's a guy who like apparently had such a conditioned head like he's just breaking like cement blocks with it but that was his style like he, the guy didn't punch or kick he just like head butted you and you would go flying so he's just doing a lot of this like head movement but you hear like the <laughs> <laughs> and there's jackie chan like blocking his head it's like <laughs> and he's doing katas with his head so i mean <laughs> I- so, <laughs> what movie? Drunken Master was 1978. Okay, it's either that, maybe Master with Cracked Fingers. Was that after? Uh, I know it was sometime in the 70s. This is like the 70s era of uh, Jackie Chan's film. 
Oh, uh, uh, it might be one of these movies that's in Chinese that I can't understand. Uh, yeah, I know it was from that time period because that was the period too uh, before Jackie Chan was like really explosive, like the Jackie Chan we knew. When you say explosive, what do you mean? Like, like okay, think of the films from like the eighties, nineties, like Rumble in the Bronx and stuff like that, where he's just like very quick, you know, and uh, oh right, right, very right. explosive. Like explosive. in in these films, um, dating back in the seventies. I respect them because of like the katas that are being shown and how right. slow the movements actually are. It's literally like, okay, down block, punch, this, fall on the floor, bah, bah, bah. There's a rhythm to it. Whereas in the newer films, he's just doing like 20 jabs in like two seconds and then like, you know, smacking someone with the ladder, using that ladder to do something else all within like 10 seconds. He just, you know, um, yeah, he, he was a different actor and a different performer back in the 70s uh for sure but yeah i i want to say it was master with crack fingers more than likely there was just this dude who like yeah had this like indestructible skull and was just <laughs> trying to attack jackie with the skull like it was it was funny there's some crazy names that jackie chan's been in he's been in a lot of films yeah uh project ninja daredevils the yep. Protector, Twinkle Twinkle, Lucky Stars, Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals is crazy. Yeah. Pom Pom, uh, Fearless Hyena, mm. Two, Battle Creek Brawl, Winners and Sinners, The Fearless Hyena, number the first one, Magnificent Bodyguards. Yeah, yeah. He a lot of those films though he was. Um, he played smaller roles. He wasn't right. actually the main character. But still, these names are ridiculous. Oh yeah, Island of Fire. Yeah, Crime Story. Well, then then you have Rumble in the Bronx and everything like that. Uh, Police Story Four, Thunderbolt, Mister Nice Guy, Mister Nice Guy. Yeah, uh, Rush Hour. That was I feel like his big mainstream break. Really? Yeah, culturally, mainstream America break. Hmm. Because him and Chris Tucker became a thing. That was an image. Okay. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't big beforehand. I wasn't. I'm not saying he was not a big action star before then. But when you saw Rush Hour, you knew it was Jackie Chan because everybody goes, "Oh, that's Jackie Chan," because he was already famous for his uh, his martial arts stuff. Yeah. But he became a cultural thing <clears throat> where, like, people were quoting his stuff, quoting th- that movie. Yeah. They still quote that movie. Yeah. Do you understand the words coming Man, out of my mouth? Nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, cuttlefish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? See, and you're laughing. It's because culturally, yeah. that was his biggest, that was his big breakthrough film. Yeah. I mean, it might even be his biggest film. Yeah. In my opinion, where it was so successful in the sense that he did such a good job of taking his comedic abilities. And not even focusing too much on his fighting. It wasn't even like, oh, look at the martial arts skills yeah. of Jackie. It was almost just look at his comedic ability with yeah. Chris Tucker. Yeah. And yeah, there's fight scenes. That people cared more. People weren't walking out like, oh, that fight scene at the end, holy shit, blah. No, they were joking and laughing about the things they did throughout the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. when when have you ever had a a Jackie Chan movie where you walked out talking about what they said? Right. You know? And yeah. the comedy of it. That was, instead of like, holy shit, that was such a good fight movie. That was such a good martial arts movie. Oh, man, Jackie Chan kicks ass. You didn't leave saying Jackie Chan kicks ass because, A, everybody knows he kicks ass. You left the movie because, culturally, it was on a different level of style of movie mm. involving Jackie Chan. It, it, it showcased how well Jackie could do comedy. Yeah. It showcased his other talents and abilities. Jet Li's not known for being the funny guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Although, again, you do see in his... um. His older films, he has a different personality as well. He portrays a different type of character, uh, especially a character, uh, Fong Sayu, that he plays. Very, um, I don't want to say immature, but he's supposed to be like a younger, I guess, just like a younger, like a young man, almost late, like a late teenage year type of thing. Uh, but then it's like in his more recent films, even as far as like, early 2000s it's a more serious role so it's just interesting seeing that evolution um that he carries over into just any film that he's done over the last couple decades well i also think it's because as you get older i think it's just harder to have the energy to do that kind of that style of comedy yeah you know what i mean yeah um it's easier to do serious movies why do you think 
I mean, Liam Neeson is not known for being the comedy actor, but I mean, look at the majority of any kind of person who's done any physical martial arts or fighting in a movie. They don't really do comedy because they're older, you know? Yeah. Young guys can do it, but a lot of young guys also take it. Like, Tony Jaa can be funny, I bet, but I mean, I know he's funny, but in a movie, I don't know. At the same time, he he doesn't do funny. He does brutal martial arts movies. Yeah, he cares about the cultural history of martial arts. It appears, yeah. you know, that's that's where he he stands. You know, it's it's very it's very different perspectives of how to do it. Um, yeah, Jackie Chan did a, and that was you know what's funny. I'm looking at his filmography after Rush Hour. It broke. It went from Thunderbolt, Police Story 4, Rumble in the Bronx, The Legend of Drunken Master, Once a Cop, Super Cop, you know? Yeah. Armor of God 2, Miracles. Armor of God, that's right. Dragons Forever. You know, Project Ninja. It went from that to Rush Hour, then immediately after Rush Hour, people went, oh shit, he has, he can do what? King of Comedy, Shanghai Noon, Accidental Spy, Rush Hour 2, Shanghai Nights, The Tuxedo, the medallion uh, uh, around the, the world in 80 count. days those don't count blade of kings robin b hood rush hour three enter the phoenix kung fu, kung fu panda kung fu panda legendary warriors yeah. you know he went straight the spy next door the karate mm. kid kung fu panda holiday kung fu panda 2 <laughs> <laughs> kung fu panda no, no i'm joking i'm joking but he went he got into all these there's a reason why the expendables went to jet Li instead of jackie chan yeah. Is all I'm saying. It's because, but I, knew, I, I think knew Jackie because, Chan turned down that role too, though. I highly doubt he would have taken it. They, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming that they didn't even bother because they knew culturally he's not associated with something dark and violent. He's associated yeah. with with funny. Yeah, you know, can he fight? Of course he could fight, but he's associated with funny in lighthearted family movies. That's why he has this giant rash of eight to ten years of doing, you know high-paying kids movies literally mm. literally kung fu panda shanghai noon those are basically kids and family movies yeah. and they did i think respective for what they were but there's a reason why he didn't show can you imagine have you seen the expendables oh yeah could you imagine jackie fucking chan in the expendables uh <laughs> to, i mean not the jackie chan i used to know but like shooting guns and grenades no, but then again, and, he's got that one movie. Knife fighting and laughing as he like misses or because <laughs> <laughs> he misses. It's a wall. You think that's gonna happen in the fucking Expendables? <laughs> Jackie Chan. I mean, unless they had re- <laughs> unless they rewrote the script somehow to where like he could have turned out to be maybe like the clown. Of the group, you know what I mean? Or they tried to do that with Jet Li. Remember when they just tried? To, they were like making fun of him all the time. Yeah, just ragging on him. Well, that's they, the thing. Like they were ragging on him. I'm saying like Jackie Chan could have just been the funny man of the entire. Do you, you know remember I mean? the scenes of the movie? Like there, that would have been such such a but, clash. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like I wonder if Jackie Chan or if they did take him. Like they just would. It would have been a completely different movie. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It absolutely wouldn't. Do you remember the fucking truck scene where they're throwing knives across the field? Can you imagine yeah. Jackie Chan like doing something and missing, kicking like, kicking like a crate by mistake and be like, ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason Statham is gouging eyes with his fucking knife and Stallone <laughs> is shooting a revolver, like he's he's dropping six shots, like pa 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 pa. So he's like slamming the hammer yep. with his other hand, and then Jackie Chan's hopping around holding his foot. Like that's not that's not a fucking that's not the fucking Expendables. You don't think <laughs> you don't think of that? You think of Jet Li like breaking necks and sh- and sniping people. Oh, that's that's man. and that's why I think Jet Li had to have that role. Because A, Jet Li's the only guy probably that entire film who actually can kick a lot of ass. Yeah. But B, it was, it's he's too stone cold. Like Jet yeah. Li would just look too stone cold killing motherfuckers. <laughs> you need somebody who has some kind of emotive style like like Stallone where he could yell and grit and be like, I'm old as he fights. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know what? Then I think about like when The Expendables came out and what kind of films Jackie Chan has been involved with. Uh, whether he was acting or directing them, whatever. And um, like I said, I, I think there's a movie. I don't know if it came out already, 
or if it's going to come out. But I mean, Jackie Chan is, it's a serious movie too. It's not a comedy. He's right. In. in 2010 is when Expendables came out. The first one. Okay. First one came out in 2010 and Jet Li was, he did right before that, Ocean Heaven, The Founding of Republic, The Mummy, The Forbidden Kingdom, Warlords, oh, War, Fearless, and Kung Fu Master. Mm. Jackie Chan, <laughs> in that same area, did The Karate Kid, Kung Fu Panda Holiday, The Spy Next Door, Looking for Jackie, Kung Fu Panda Legendary Warriors, okay. Kung Fu Panda, Rush Hour 3. He has other ones, but those are the majority of the intents of, of like his big films. Okay. He did like Little Big Soldier and The Founding of Republic and Shinjuku Incident. Yeah, yeah. So he did other films at that time frame, but that's what those majority of movies are. Family movies. Yeah. Funny yeah. movies, goofy movies. Hmm. Movies where he's not known as a stone cold mercenary and part of a, an assassination an assassination team, part of a mercenary team called the Expendables, <laughs> where they tattoo each other while they drink beer after missions. That's, that's, can you imagine him doing that? Sitting there getting tattooed. Like while Stallone's chewing on a cigar. Like that's that's not a fucking Jackie Chan yeah, scene. That wouldn't work. You know? Don't get me wrong, now I want to see a movie. I want to see Expendables with Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> the lost brother yeah <laughs> like um, jackie Ch- jackie chan with a gun like oh i don't like guns putting gun down yeah hey it's like come on jackie we need we're going on a mission here we're going to need guns. oh no I, I don't like guns just jackie come on man jack you know like that's that's a jackie chan style of a f- jokey scene it's not like jet lee who just picks it up and puts a mag in he just nods. He generally didn't even fucking talk in Spindle. He just killed no. people. Yeah. <laughs> they just made fun of him. He was silent. They're like, oh, he's crazy. He kills everybody. And just then he just moved on. Like, that was Jet Li's role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You know? It, it's they're, 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 it's weird because they are the yin and yang to each other in that, oh, yeah. in that regard of, of, of film. Mm-hmm. So. But and it's funny too because if you in the Forbidden Kingdom, it's almost like the personalities were switched. How Jackie was pretty funny in that movie. Jet Li was pretty serious. He was a serious monk. Well, here's the thing: that wasn't well. Okay, you're talking about that character of Jet Li, but like his true form, because that was just like a projection. Right, he's like the monkey lord or the monkey god or something, the which king. had like this, yeah, the monkey king, which had this more like playful type of personality. It wasn't at the end of the movie he had like a serious moment, whatever. But like the the whole backstory to the monkey king, like he was immature and stuff like that. And then you see Jackie Chan who played a more he was seri- drunk. He was drunk, but I didn't think of him as more <laughs> like immature. You know, I don't know. I think, you know, here's a side note, and we can end it on this. I think it's cool how much Jackie Chan has, I think, individually pushed. I don't want to just say Kung Fu because that's that's such a wide statement or wide uh, 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 label. But the drunken style Mm. specifically, even if we forgo the fact that he made the drunken master movie, I'm talking like. Just his style of fighting in films, he does it. He'll just throw it in there. It's not even yeah. like his character is a drunk character. Right. Even when he's fighting, you'll see him do things that are... Certain movements that are of from that, yeah. And it's really cool because you don't fucking... Like, who else is going to do that? Yeah. Besides maybe Jet Li. Like, in, I've never, I don't think I've seen Jet Li ever do... A Drunken Master? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I can recall anyways. Like it's cool that Jackie incorporates that, yeah. Almost in his specific Jackie Chan style of fighting, yeah. Because it's not just like strict I'm wushu and that's it. Like I'm yeah, this no. style, of, no. He, he does everything right, but it's cool to see him blend random stuff, like just blocks or parries or attacks yeah. the way he gets back up, and you can see that it's drunken. And I think it also, yeah, I personally believe it it, sh- it shines a huge spotlight on the different flavors of martial arts, mm-hmm. especially if something as wide-ranging as Kung Fu. So, and th- I'm not trying to disparage anything Jet Li's done, but just, I think it's really cool because everybody always jokes about like, oh yeah, there's a style called Drunken Master, or like, like uh, there's the drunken style of, of fighting, 
and you can actually see it yeah with jackie yeah jackie chan does it and it's really cool because you would never fucking see that you know like when you hear <clears throat> muay thai you don't really see muay thai fighting in movies yeah no you maybe see an elbow thrown that's not doesn't mean it's muay thai but you see some muay you see a good amount of muay thai with tony ja which is nice you know it's i think it's pretty cool it's it's not like kickboxing or taekwondo where it's just you know jean-claude van damme just kicking everybody all over or like roadhouse just yeah <laughs> throwing kicks just it's that's a very straight ahead forward flavor of it's kickboxing this is the style go to a kickboxing academy boom this yep. is it you know i think it's i think it's a pretty cool portrayal right i mean what do you think yeah no absolutely i mean um but that also goes to show you how uh other as a martial artist you shouldn't really truly rely on although we just brought up tony ja but like it's it's good to know other styles because depending on your situation a certain style might be more effective than the other you know, and actually, I think Bruce Lee even said it like, Jeet Kune Do is fine, that's my main thing, but I might have to grapple at some point or do some kung fu or gung fu, you know? So, um, yeah, seeing like that, that works for Jackie Chan, you know, in that moment, that movement worked well with whatever was happening with his opponent or, you know, vice versa. But yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the drunken style in general goes, it's just it's really cool, especially in the original movie, because uh, there was two of them. Um, you know, there's like a whole segment where he's just demonstrating the different types of drunken masters, and it's based off of like I forget how many gods or whatever the eight, eight? was eight it eight drunken gods or something, and it, he demonstrates their katas with that personality. You know, it's like the guy holding the barrel of wine or whatever. Yeah. So his his arms are out. It's almost like um, controlling your energy in jujitsu, right? So you, that's kind of that same thing. You have to like maintain your energy, your like, center, your center, yeah, exactly. And those are the movements he's doing. Or there's the feminine one, the he woman. Yes, do the so woman he's, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. So it's just it, it's just it's very interesting, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, if you're listening and you haven't seen any of the movies we mentioned, we mentioned, you should go watch some movies. Yeah. Try to enjoy something. They're worth it. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.